Coming up on Studios America, prepare yourself for a big announcement coming up later in the show. It's something I think you're really going to enjoy. I'll be writing another one of my delightful re uh, Christmas re-education training cards to a dear, newly political friend. And the Cuomo brothers truly are a cancer on this society. I will dive into the latest lies, deceptions, and threats as we do the Cuomo crime family. Stu does America. In most crime families, you kind of have the kingpin who maybe he commits the murders, but then there's always the underlings who try to sweep up the mess behind them. And they're they go to jail, too. They're just as deep in prison. They might not get uh, the maximum sentence, but they're going to be in prison as well. And thus we have the Cuomo crime family now. With all the stuff going on with Chris Cuomo, you'd think you'd be getting a lot of tough questions. Uh, you might think, oh, wow, this guy's really getting pushed to the brink. Uh, let me just give you a quick taste of the type of treatment he's getting from CNN right now. It's good to see you. Good I, to see you, brother. I know you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you did. I missed you. I am grateful for your friendship and your love. I think that you are fantastic. Oh. One of the kindest people I know on this planet. There you go. I meant everywhere. Well, <laughs> I meant every word of it. At least that's what I'm trying to convince myself of. It's good to see that Don Lemon really loves Chris Cuomo. But does everybody? And is there a, a, a turning of the tides a little bit here on the Chris Cuomo part of this incredibly terrible saga? I will say Chris Cuomo is worse.com. Check it out. Chris Cuomo is worse.com. By the way, uh, right now, 20% off if you use the code Stu20. Um, let me, I have so much stuff here. I've got piles on top of piles on top of piles on top of piles. So let me try to go through as much of this as we can because there is so much going on in the Chris Cuomo saga. Let me back up to kind of the beginning here. And one of the things I think is tough for people to process is how is Chris Cuomo employed at all? I mean, he's gone through so many issues. And yes, we're, we're going to get into what happened in the release of the documents just yesterday. But it's important to remember that Chris Cuomo himself was accused of Me Too infractions. And I don't know if accused is even the right word. If you remember, uh, Shelley Ross came, uh, came out and she said, Chris Cuomo sexually harassed me. I hope he'll use his power to make change. Whatever power he might have, he has not used that to make change, as we will get into here in just a moment. Uh, Ross in The New York Times writes, when Mr. Cuomo entered the Upper West Side bar, he walked toward me and greeted me with a strong bear hug while lowering one hand to firmly grab and squeeze the cheek of my buttock. I can do this now that you're no longer my boss, he said to me with a kind of cocky arrogance. And arrogance is such an important word into understanding the entire Cuomo crime family. Of course, uh, you might think, well, maybe this is just his word against hers. In this case, it's her word and his word against nothing because she has an email from Chris Cuomo from the next, uh, a little bit later on, I believe it was that day. He said, now that I think of it, I am ashamed, though my greeting was a, was a function of being glad to see you. Uh, you know, he goes into the fact that Christian Slater was arrested for a kind of similar act, uh, who um, uh, and when he patted her behind and he said, as a husband, I can empathize with not liking to see my wife patted as such. So pass along my apology to your very good and noble husband. And I apologize to you as well for even putting you in such a position. Next time I will remember the lesson, no matter how happy I am to see you. 
Now, of course, he talked about, uh, he was accused of sexual harassment. He wrote, uh, he did respond to this one. He said, as Shelley acknowledges, our interaction was not sexual in nature. It happened 16 years ago in a public setting when she was a top executive at ABC. I apologized to her then, and I meant it. And you realize the beginning of that statement is important. As Shelley acknowledges, this is Chris Cuomo. He's a lawyer, right? So he's trying to get out in front of it by putting in his response to this, her supposed acknowledgement that it wasn't that big of a deal, it wasn't really sexual. This is not how she felt about it at all. I'll give you, um, once again, the, uh, the, the headline of her story was Chris Cuomo sexually harassed me. So I don't know that she really did think that it wasn't sexual. She certainly thought it was sexual harassment. Now, Chris had a call on his radio show, which he apparently has. I mean, I've been covering this guy for a year. He's a radio show? I'm sure I've mentioned it at some point, but who, who could remember such a thing? Um, someone uh, uh, called in and uh, asked him a question about his brother. He said his brother had to resign for three reasons. Dems turned on him, the GOP hated him, and the media never really liked him. He doesn't bother to mention the 11 women whose sexual harassment allegations were deemed credible by the New York State Attorney General. That's from Bernadette Hogan of, uh, of the Daily, uh, of the New York Post. So uh, you have the situation where he's not acknowledging any wrongdoing. He never does. It's not that you know, he, his brother had to step down because of the sexual harassment allegations. His brother had to step down because the media wasn't nice enough to him. What an amazing line of thought here. Do you remember uh, spring and summer of 2020 when the man was on the top of the world? You don't, think they, you don't think the media liked Andrew Cuomo? They were doing everything they could to make him president of the United States. They wanted Joe Biden to drop out so he could just have the job. What are you talking about they didn't like him? Of course they did. The Republicans, true, didn't like him, but the Democrats didn't really like him either because he was terrible to everyone around him. Um, so all of this stuff goes down with the brother of Andrew Cuomo, and um, uh, Chris is left to try to respond to it. Now, inexplicably, CNN keeps him on the air. After all of this stuff, after all the fluff interviews, after all of the scandal, when it finally gets hard for Andrew Cuomo, somehow Chris is able to just say, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But he makes some very specific claims about his behavior in this period on the air. Watch. There are stories and critics saying all kinds of things about me. Many unsupported. Many. But know this. My position has never changed. Nope, never. I never misled anyone about the information I was delivering or not delivering on this program. I never attacked nor encouraged anyone to attack any woman who came forward. I never made calls to the press about my brother's situation. I never influenced or attempted to control CNN's coverage of my family. And as you know, back in May, when I was told to no longer communicate with my brother's aides in any group meetings, I acknowledged it was a mistake. I apologized to my colleagues and I stopped and I meant it. Mm, did you? Did you, Chris? By the way, did I mention Chris Cuomo is worse.com? Sure, Andrew Cuomo is awful.com, but Chris Cuomo is worse.com. Um, so he made a couple of claims there that are important. Number one, he never. Uh, uh, attacked or encouraged anyone uh, to attack any of the women, and he never made calls to the press. He also talked about not really being an advisor. He was just a brother. You'd help your brother, right? Your brother's going through this thing where he, yeah, he groped a bunch of women. You got to help him out, right? He's your brother. 
So he's helping his brother um, and uh, definitely not advising or anything like that, 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 that he wouldn't do something like that. Now, we have the texts that have been released and they're pretty extensive. Let me give you a sampling. Please help, let me help with the prep. Now, again, this is not to his brother, just being a brother. This is to Melissa DeRosa, the lead aide and lead henchman for Andrew Cuomo in Albany. Then you have, uh, of course, this exchange. There's a rumor, this is Melissa writing, there's a rumor going around from Politico that one or two more people are coming out tomorrow. Can you check your sources? Chris Cuomo says, he's on it. And then gets an answer and says, no, no one's heard that yet. Now, he specifically said in that clip we just played, he had never made calls to the press about this. Yet, he had made calls to the press about this. Then you have the other allegation. Never uh, attacked or uh, encouraged anyone to attack uh, one of the accusers. One of the accusers, you might remember, was a woman at a wedding. She was a big fan of Andrew Cuomo, wanted to meet him. When she walked over to meet him, instead of just, I don't know, a handshake, he did this weird thing where he put his hand on her bare back. She was wearing a bare back dress type of situation, uh, which made her uncomfortable. He then, she then pulled his hand off of her back. Now, what, is it, what signal does that send you if you happen to be a guy? Uh, she doesn't want the hand there. I better just you know, keep my distance. No, that means he grabs her by the face and pulls her in for a big kiss. Not the thing that she wanted at all. She complained about that. There were photos of it. Um, and the question was, I mean, is this another person, another random person he's done this to? This is very strange. Well, maybe we can undermine her credibility, right? That's the way you push back against these things in hard knock politics, right? It is the thing that Chris Cuomo said he had never done. However, here he is in the text messages saying, I have a lead on the wedding girl being put up to it, undermining her credibility. She was put up to it. She didn't really feel this way. He then, uh, half an hour later, texted yet again, I have a lead on the wedding girl. He really had a lead on the wedding girl, guys. So there you go. And including his answers to investigators as this went on, where he explained he also reached out about a Ronan Farrow uh, article that may have been uh, coming out. So he did make calls to the press about this. And he did, uh, I would argue, attack or at least encourage people to undermine the women uh, who were coming out to accuse his brother. Now, this gets even weirder because he went to all sorts of strange lengths in this period. Um, Alec Baldwin, you may remember seeing Alec Baldwin giving a lot of defensive statements uh, about Andrew Cuomo, which is, I don't know, kind of weird. Now, this you got to Rewind yourself a little bit here. This is Alec Baldwin. Yes, it's much after the abusive um, phone calls and all the terrible things he had done throughout his life, but it is before he started killing people. So it's in that in-between period where this is going on. And uh, this is what he said when Andrew Cuomo stepped down. Regardless of what you think of Cuomo, this is a tragic day. Party politics in this country draw ambitious but ultimately isolated, even socially maladjusted men and women who give, given the current cancel culture, will likely have their shortcomings exposed and magnified. Interesting thing, cancel culture. The same thing that Chris Cuomo uh, asked 
the advisors to Andrew Cuomo to put in his speeches to claim he was a victim of cancel culture. Uh, it was brought up multiple times in these messages by Chris Cuomo. But why would it matter that Alec Baldwin did it? Well, he also had an, an extensive rant about cancel culture and Andrew Cuomo. This is back uh, before Cuomo had to step down. In, a, in another important moment, this is in, uh, I believe it was March uh, 2021, earlier this year, here is Alec Baldwin supposedly just off the top of his head on the IG, just ranted about cancel culture. Watch. I wrote about Cuomo and I said it was tragic. And by tragic, I don't mean what happened to him. I wasn't saying what happened to him. What happened to us? What happened to us? I don't want to pile on Cuomo. I mean, you know, uh, Cuomo, it, what he is going through, it's, uh, it's uh, sad for his family. He's got three daughters. I know their mother quite well. I know Carrie quite well. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. This is horrible. It's a tragedy for us to live in this society where these things happen. And, you know, I said to somebody once, you, let's, let's say you're the governor of New York and a young intern is in your office or a new hire is in your office and they're sitting there and they're smiling at you and they're, and they're giving you this kind of warm glow. And the mistake that's often made by some of these people is that that warm glow is reserved for the office of the governor. That's what's causing them to glow. Uh, by the way, uh, for those of you on podcast, uh, Alec Baldwin was shirtless uh, throughout that entire statement. Just want to make sure you understood that. That was the time to make a shirtless statement on behalf of Andrew Cuomo. Okay, so why does that matter? Why does that dumb statement matter? Who cares what uh, Alec Baldwin says? Well, they're in the middle of a furious PR battle at this time. And the reason Alec Baldwin did that is because of a friend of Chris Cuomo telling him to do it. This is in the messages. Uh, The the message of defense is posted by uh, Melissa DeRosa. Chris Cuomo says, my friend asked him to do it. He's very close to him. They're manipulating the news behind the scenes. This is a supposed journalist who hosts a show on a news network, manipulating the news behind the scenes. He wrote statements for his brother. He was manipulating the news behind the scenes. He was talking to aides, not not as well as being accused of all sorts of different things. So how does this work with CNN? Because this is kind of where we are now. Uh, Andrew Cuomo was out of office. Chris Cuomo, I mean, he, you know, whatever credibility he had is obviously destroyed, but uh, I don't think he had much anyway beforehand. So what does CNN do? Now, to be frank about this, CNN has done a lot of damage to their credibility. There are some people at CNN who still do a good job. But, you know, look, they're, they're few, they get fewer and far, more far or more distant each day, it seems. So... What does CNN have as far as credibility to us? Very little, right? I mean, frankly, at this point, very little credibility. However, they still are supposedly a journalistic organization. And anyone that respected journalism at all would know that this is absolutely ridiculous. So what are they going to do? Is the tide turning at all? I want to take you back to uh, Brian Stelter. He's their you know, media critic. He's over on, uh, on Stephen Colbert. And this is how he analyzed the situation a few months ago. 
The boundary that, that CNN management presented to him in May when, when they admitted he screwed up. They said, yeah. you know, what you did was inappropriate. You were on the phone with your brother's aides advising them on what to do, and that was inappropriate. But they said, of course you're going to talk to your brother. You know, there's nothing more important. But he than didn't talk question. about his brother once the trouble started. He That's said, I'm right. not going to talk about my brother. And that was also a management ruling. And so the but way why didn't I they rule this, that way when his brother was on the show pretty much every night uh, during the yeah, COVID crisis? I think it's really that complicated. That seems like an odd uh, conflict of rules. It is an odd conflict, but I don't think uh, if we open up the journalism ethics book, there's no page for this. It's the, the craziest set of circumstances you can imagine, right? A governor and a brother, both in these high-profile jobs. Uh, this was definitely awkward for CNN, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awkward for CNN, but they push through the awkwardness. And that's kind of what CNN does these days, right? For whatever reason, Chris Cuomo gets the benefit of this, and it's a very, very strange thing. We'll get into that here in a second. However, the, the, the tone after all of this going on has changed a little bit over at CNN. Let me give you what they're saying now. The thousands of pages of additional transcripts and exhibits that were released today by the New York Attorney General deserve a thorough review and consideration. We will be having conversations and seeking additional clarity about their significance as they relate to CNN over the next several days. Uh, we also have this one from, uh, from CNN. Um, and this is a this is a story co-written by Brian Stelter. The documents indicated that the scope of how the anchor aimed to help his brother were more considerable and that he was more intimately involved than previously known, prompting CNN to initiate a review of the material. Yeah. Yeah. It went a lot further than we knew before. And that's not a surprise, of course, if you know Chris Cuomo. He has no seemingly no integrity whatsoever, whatsoever. He's not even trying to show integrity. Calls are now growing for CNN to get rid of Cuomo. And they're kind of from all over the map, honestly. Um, let me give you a few of these. Um, Cuomo's antics show that CNN cannot have it both ways, pretending that he and others like him is a news anchor when he clearly is an activist. A former CNN staffer um, worked directly with Cuomo, told Fox News Digital. Um, Ultraviolet, a leading na a national gender justice organization. I'd say they're my third favorite national gender justice Association said reports that Cuomo uh, not only joined strategy calls with his brother, former bro Governor Andrew Cuomo, on how to respond to the numerous sexual harassment allegations against him, but actively advised his brother to push back against the allegations using his position at CNN to seek information on the accusers are completely unacceptable. He should be fired immediately. The Atlantic published a story, a, head a headline simply, Chris Cuomo must go. Um, he should resign. If he doesn't, CNN should sack him. By keeping Cuomo on the air and in his job, CNN would send the message that journalistic ethics are only for the little people and viewers are on their own. Pointer Institute senior media writer Tom Jones said Chris Cuomo was even more involved than we originally thought. And if true, Cuomo cannot possibly keep his job, can he? Jones also asked, how would you feel if you were a woman at CNN and a powerful employee at that company was trying to help someone, even if it was his brother, defuse and overcome allegations of disturbing sexual misconduct? Slate, again, these are not right-wing sources. Slate was unsubtle, writing, it's time for CNN to can Chris Cuomo for being completely full of crap. That could be the title of the show tonight. Um, Washington Post media critic Eric Wemple uh, said that the admission that the documents related to Cuomo needed to be investigated is also an admission of failure at the highest levels of network leadership. They could have investigated this matter months ago and chose not to. 
Very true. Columbia Journalism School's Bill Griskin wrote, it's hard to imagine any news executive keeping Chris Cuomo on staff after today's revelations. Then again, as CNN likes to say, this is CNN. This is an embarrassment to journalism, said L.A. Times reporter Matt Pierce. Incredibly unethical, said Mississippi Fres- uh, Free Press reporter Ashton Pittman. Washington Post reporter Dave Weigel says, if some news channel intern did what Chris Cuomo did, they'd been fired one second after these docs were published. All of it undoubtedly true. CNN, this is again from the Atlantic uh, article, uh, Chris Cuomo must go. CNN uh, decided to put the brothers, Cuomo and Cuomo, on the air together during the, the, the pandemic, apparently concluding that the rules mattered less in the midst of a crisis. As it turned out, the rules matter, mattered even more in a crisis when watchdog journalism could literally be a matter of life and death. Just like the coronavirus, karma is highly transmissible. So that's where we are right now. And you wonder, how does Chris Cuomo keep his job? How does this happen? His ratings are in the tank. 118,000 people in demo. That's a terrible number. It's a number we would have been embarrassed about when we were at CNN Headline News, the sister network. He's getting it on primetime on CNN. So why does this happen? Honestly, if I'm CNN right now, what I'm trying to do is get myself out of that contract. Here's your excuse. Act like you care about journalistic ethics and get rid of the guy and it gets you out of paying him f- to bring no one to the table. I mean, they should really be looking at this as a blessing in, in, uh, in disguise. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, why is Chris Cuomo still there? One thing I, and I've talked about this before. Sometimes you see these legal experts stay on the air inexplicably. You're like, why? Some of these legal experts, I mean, Jeffrey Tubin kind of comes to mind here, will do bizarre things or, or just be terrible on the air and keep their job throughout thick and thin for years and years and years past you'd, where you'd think they'd hold their jobs. Why do these legal experts tend to keep their jobs longer than other people on cable news? And there's a reason for it, because a lot of these, cable, a lot of these legal experts wind up going into the boss's office and giving them sort of off the books legal advice. Hey, go, go get Chris. Go get Jeffrey. Tell, bring him up here. Let's talk about this. And they have all sorts of insight on things that executives have done, have struggled with. There may very well be, and again, no inside information. I have literally seen this type of thing happen at cable news networks. But in this particular situation, it's a bit of speculation on my, uh, on my part. But, you know, there may very well be a case where, some executive at CNN or one of these companies uh, has had to has gone to Chris Cuomo uh, to talk one of these things out to get the type of advice he was giving to his brother. How can you fire him if you also solicited the same kind of advice? These types of things go on all the time. Look, I don't think CNN has any credibility left, but if there is an ounce just left in the elevator that somebody dropped a few years ago that you can pick up and just grow a pair for a second and look at not only what this guy has done and what this guy uh, has not brought to the table as far as performance, but also just how often he's embarrassed you. You know, I'm not saying you have to have high-minded journalistic ideas. All you have to do is look at the situation and, and, and realize that this man has done nothing but embarrass you intentionally in front of 
millions of observers over and over and over again as if it's with malice against you. If you're CNN, you know, we might be pissed off as viewers or people who watch the news and say, gosh, this is unbelievable. I mean, the guy's faking quarantines. He's he's yelling at people while he's got coronavirus. He's uh, he, he's taking herbs and spices to cure covid while he's complaining about the president and all the things that we can complain about. But just think about it personally. If you're the employer of Chris Cuomo at CNN. And this man continually goes out there in front of America and embarrasses you intentionally over and over and over again. If that's not enough, what is? It would be nice if money were to grow on trees. I, I don't think it does, though. Our government does, apparently. But if you think uh, money grows on trees, you probably don't care about your financial future. If you're worried about, I don't know, the inflation impact from Biden's new 3.5, 2.5, 5.5 trillion dollar bill, whatever it turns out to be, it's time to protect your savings. Consider diversifying your savings into physical gold uh, and silver uh, with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold Group has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star five star reviews and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Right now, thanks to a little-known section of the IRS tax code, you can legally move your IRA or 401k into precious metals. Why don't you think about diversifying? Think about putting a percentage of your portfolio into gold. To get started on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account, request a free info kit from Birch Gold by texting the word STU to 989898. There's zero cost and zero obligation to request this info. Why wait? Text STU to the number 989898. Again, uh, request uh, the info. It's free. Uh, it's uh, information on gold and how it can help your financial future. The word is Stu. That's my name, by the way. Just thought you want to know. Well, it's kind of my name. But anyway, S-T-U to 989898. It's Stu to 989898. Head over to StuDoesMerch.com. We are in the middle of a merch war right now. And everyone's competing with their own little promo code. Stu20 is mine. You get 20% off the merch uh, in your life for Christmas. We even have this uh, fancy-dancy um, Christmas, uh, ugly Christmas sweater here. Uh, you can pop it up here. It says, uh, he knows when you aren't sleeping. He knows when you aren't woke. It's uh, the return of Santifa Claus. Uh, right here, Santifa Claus is a uh, cross between Santa Claus and Antifa. And he's got a CRT manual. He's got a club. He's going to bash you over the head if, you don't, if you're not woke enough. So here's the thing. You're never woke enough. So get it now uh, for your ugly Christmas uh, sweater parties or whatever. Uh, great present as well. This holiday season, the code is Stu20 at StuDoesMerch.com. The Omicron, a variant of concern, is still out there. CNN has an article, which is pretty interesting, uh, talking about uh, the differences between Delta and Omicron. Uh, doctors want to remind Americans that they're already facing a pretty formidable uh, coronavirus variant, and that's Delta. Delta currently accounts for more than 99% of cases. We've talked about this uh, for a while. Um, but the mutations that are in Omicron... And Omicron is not a it's not on the family tree of Delta, by the way. It's a different variant. It's not like Delta uh, had a, uh, a variant uh, off its 
family tree. It comes from a different area. They think maybe it bounced around inside of some immunocompromised person for a while and came out the other side uh, with all these different variations. Um, but what they do say is the, the variations um, and the mutations that might affect transmissibility. This is a quote. I mean, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of that that would give it a real strong advantage over Delta. Other genetics experts also note Omicron does not carry some of the changes that helped make Delta so very contagious. Now, that could be really good news um, because, you know, then you have Delta and it's, it's probably going to outcompete Omicron, even if it's harder, to, um, you know, maybe on people if it has one of those situations where it's more virulent for some reason. We don't have any evidence that that's the case at this point, but you don't necessarily want a brand new variant becoming the dominant variant. If Delta is more contagious, it's likely Delta would outcompete uh, Omicron in the long run. Because uh, remember, one of the reasons why they were worried about Omicron here over the past uh, week or so is not because uh, Omicron was evading vaccines, although that's part of it. It was also evading natural immunity. So a bunch of people at the beginning of this in South Africa who had already had COVID and had natural immunity were getting it again. And nobody wants to see that happen. Nobody. So we'll see if that uh, continues. Um, what's interesting, though, is we've had this debate over the past, I don't know, six months or so, mainly, about how COVID started. And we may never know for sure. But the belief is, and there's a lot of evidence pointing to the idea that this was a result of a lab leak in Wuhan. You're familiar with the theory, and it goes back to sort of dangerous research that seemed like it could come, come out the wrong way. Like when you think about it, you're like, wait a minute, you're making the virus more likely to infect humans? You're trying to make it worse? What happens if something goes wrong? And I think we can all look at this now after two years of pandemic life and say, that's sort of research, probably not a good idea. Totally unrelated story. The world's first living robots can now reproduce, scientists say. The U.S. scientists who created the first living robots say the life forms known as xenobots can now reproduce in a way not seen in plants or animals. Formed from the stem cells of the African clawed frog, xenobots are less than a millimeter wide. The tiny blobs were first unveiled in 2020 after experiments showed that they could move, work together in groups, and self-heal. You want to create robots that can self-heal and reproduce. Have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing apparently not we're going to stop gain of function research just in time to let self-replicating self-healing globular robots murder us all what kind of life is that you know who's behind this it's got to be fauci it's got to be fauci i mean i don't know that i don't have any evidence it's not in the story but you know fauci's behind this somehow If you happen to live in a neighborhood of a factory that's producing robots that self-replicate and self-heal, you may want to move. And if you're moving and you're trying to find a house anywhere in America uh, that's away from robot factories, you need realestateagentsitrust.com. You need someone who's going to come in and take charge, someone who's going to know what to look for, what uh, the right thing to look for in the neighborhood is, uh, maybe 
what to look for when it comes to price, when it comes from details in the contract. You know, the, the right real estate agent might be able to find a little quirk in that contract that makes the deal a lot better for you or protects you in a way you didn't know you needed. Uh, that's really important. Find the best real estate agent in your area and find them now. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that real estate agent. You can do it now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out for more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. We are just moments away from a big announcement here on the program. You do not want to miss it. Stay right here. Big announcement coming up here in uh, just a second. A couple big stories, though, I want to hit before we get there. Uh, Tomorrow is a really big day. The the big abortion case goes in front of the Supreme Court, and we're starting uh, that whole process. Uh, Mike Pence has come out. He's delivered remarks ahead of the oral arguments in the case. Um, He says that uh, the Roe versus Wade ruling that, of course, legalized abortion in the United States should be sent to the ash heap of history. Today, as the Supreme Court prepares to hear oral arguments in those hallowed halls, we are here to declare one voice, no more. Uh, Look, can't agree more. Uh, This needs to go away in a a major way. And it is one of those situations where this is the real this is the real primetime game here. I mean, like the Texas thing we've talked a lot about, at least the media has talked a lot about it. Uh, And, you know, it, it never really seemed to have very strong legal grounding, though the principle behind it, or at least the result of it, was completely correct uh, in my view. Uh, But, you know, as far as legal structure goes, it left a lot uh, to be desired here. This is a really a head on challenge uh, against Roe versus Wade in its entirety, but also uh, to a level where uh, insanity uh, doesn't necessarily uh, at at least the worst excesses of Roe versus Wade could be trimmed at least in at least some states. I mean, again, this is we're not. We're not reaching for the whole thing here, unfortunately. I do think, though, that there is a possibility that you get a ruling out of the Supreme Court that gets rid of Roe versus Wade for all time. And, you know, I've always said to you, I don't think it's going to happen. I still am pretty pessimistic about it generally, but it's possible at least. And that's something uh, to strive for. I will also say, remember, if it is overturned, that doesn't mean abortion goes away by any means. There's There's always going to be people who are going to be able to get abortions. And of course, all these blue states are going to legalize it anyway. The end of the game only comes when people are persuaded. You know, it's going to be easy for people to get, especially with, you know, the Internet. And, you know, people are there are organizations set up overseas that are shipping women uh, in areas that can't get abortions. They're just shipping them abortion pills. And this is going to be almost impossible to stop uh, entirely. But any reduction that can happen is a good thing in my view. And that starts tomorrow. We're gonna be covering that quite a bit. So uh, get ready for that. Also, uh, another crazy story, and we haven't spent too much time on this this week with everything else going on, but the Democratic Integrity Project paid $521,000 to Christopher Steele and $405,000 to Fusion GPS last year, according to recently publicized tax forms. The Democratic uh, Democracy Integrity Project seeks to protect the integrity of democratic elections around the world. Yeah, right. This is, um, however, George Soros's organization. The uh, they paid generously for research consulting from Walsingham Partners Limited and Bean LLC. Steen is the director 
uh, excuse me, Steele is the director of Walsingham Partners Limited and Bean LLC is a subsidiary fund operated by Fusion GPS. The New York Times reported that in 2018, George Soros gave at least $1 million to the D- Democracy Integrity, Integrity Project and that he was considering donating more. So it really does, I mean, I know this sounds almost cliched at this point, but it really does seem that George Soros is at least partially responsible for funding the Steele report, the Steele dossier, the thing that all with all the lies in it about Donald Trump that wound up leading to the, you know, the chaos that mainly affected the first half of Trump's presidency. And the fact that, you know, we now know that this is a Democratic operation funded by Democrats, funded by the Clinton administration, that looked for negative opposition research, which wound up to be you know, mainly lies, uh, on Donald Trump. And that information was presented and provided by people tied to the Clinton campaign. So they actually paid for a report that went through Christopher Steele, where a lot of the information came from someone who was tied pretty closely to the Clinton campaign. I don't know if that's the best use of your money, but it is what happened, and of course, would not if, if the Clinton campaign just went straight to the media and said, "Here's what we think is happening with Donald Trump," might not have had that much credibility. Coming from a former British spy, it did have some to some of these people who really wanted to believe bad things about Donald Trump. Again, you know, there's a lot of things that people you know complain about in politics. This one's pretty dirty, and uh, it's pretty amazing that this stuff is still just trickling out after all of these years. You can understand why Trump was so pissed off about it. I think anybody would be. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll continue to see. I mean, because this, this isn't stopping. I believe Glenn has a, a big special tomorrow that, that ties into some of the stuff. He's going to go through it in real detail. If you want to talk George Soros, there's no one else to go to but Glenn Beck. That'll be on tomorrow's show. You can always subscribe uh, to Blaze TV, by the way, and support these efforts. You know, we've talked about it a lot. Um, you know, we on the radio show really talked almost endlessly about uh, the this one particular nominee Biden was trying to slam through. Well, we now know from behind the scenes stuff that this audience uh, and you know Glenn's research on this and the Blaze research uh, was able to stop this nomination from going through. And you know, if you don't think you make a difference, you do. You do. This is a big one. This is a person who is basically advocating for the end of the banking system. Uh, you don't need that person in control of your currency. That's what almost happened in this country. Uh, so we will continue to watch as closely as we can with your help. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu to save 10 bucks. Back in a second. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar in some cases. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness. They're rich in flavor, as you might know. They're covered in real chocolate, as you might know. You might even know that they're amazingly low in sugar and calories and net carbs and fat. And, of course, they're high in protein. Get the best of both worlds. They're delicious. They're healthy. You get it all with Built Bars. They come in so many flavors. Uh, You're going to have a hard time choosing raspberry or mint brownie. Cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. What are you going to choose? The holidays can be a stressful time, and Built Bar is always there for you to give you that extra fuel to, you know, knock over a couple of kids as you're running through the mall. Or if you're just waiting in a long line, 
keep one in your jacket pocket or your purse pocket. That way you can just kind of shovel one down whenever you're just a little hungry. And plus, they taste delicious. Built Bar, healthy and delicious. Go to built.com. Use the promo code STU15. Get 15% off your first order. The promo code is STU15 for 15% off at built.com. It's built.com's promo code STU15. All right, it's time for the big announcement. I hope you're ready. I hope you're excited. This is a big one. I hope you uh, have taken a moment and gathered yourself here as we enter the holiday season. Coming up on December 17th, 9 p.m. right here on YouTube. If you haven't been watching on YouTube, it's only exclusive to YouTube. YouTube.com slash America. Friday, December 17th, 9 p.m. Eastern. Prepare your liver. The Stew Does America Christmas Party Power Hour is coming December 17th. 9 p.m. Eastern, if you've never seen one of these things before, good heavens, they are catastrophic in so many awful and fun ways where we drink one shot of beer per minute for an entire hour and attempt to talk coherently about politics and culture and all sorts of other things. It gets a little bit out of control. We've had uh, incidents that I don't want to describe, honestly, uh, as we talk about this. You kind of have to experience them live. Uh, So we will be airing that 9 p.m. on December 17th, the Studas America Christmas Party Power Hour to get you all ready for the holidays. You know, you need to prepare yourself somehow. Start drinking now. You know, maybe do like 10 shots of beer tonight and just build yourself up. We would love for you to do it in the comfort of your home. Don't it's this is not a you can't do it in your car. You got to do it at home, but you do it in the comfort of your car. You need a shot glass. You need, I think, seven beers, seven beers in an hour. It does it. A shot of beer never sounds like it's going to be that difficult. However, when you're trying to do it for 60 consecutive minutes, it gets really hard and really embarrassing. So join us for it. It's a Friday, uh, December 17th, 9 p.m. Uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash America. Go there now and subscribe. Just go there and subscribe. Click the bell and we'll remind you when it's coming up. And you can comment below or on any of the social media, who do you think should be on the panel? We've had a great group of people who've been on the panel. A few different changes here and there. We've got some ideas for uh, ridiculous games and nonsense. It's going to be a great way to get you into the week before Christmas uh, and uh, the weekend uh, on Friday, December 17th, 9 p.m., Uh, why do we do this? Every time we get closer and closer, I think regret sort of sets sets in. But now we've announced it, so we can't do anything about it. We will see you then. Uh, Check it out on youtube.com slash America. Well, you knew Chris Cuomo was going to screw us somehow. He always does. And that's happened yet again. As we're finishing taping the show tonight... Chris Cuomo, it is uh, announced, and I will give you the full text of the announcement. The New York Attorney General's office released transcripts and exhibits Monday that shed new light on Chris Cuomo's involvement in his brother's defense. Uh, The documents, which we were not privy to, this is CNN, of course, speaking, we were not privy to before their public release, um, raise serious questions. When Chris admitted to us that he had offered advice to his brother's staff, he broke our rules and we acknowledged that publicly. But we also appreciated the unique position he was in and understood his need to put his family first and job second. 
However, these documents point to a greater level of involvement in his brother's efforts than we previously knew. As a result, we have suspended Chris indefinitely pending further evaluation. So, I, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the show tonight. I mean, it felt like the tide was turning. I've, you know, this seemed to be a step too far even for CNN. And look, uh, Chris Cuomo should not be on the air doing the show after what he's done here. I think we all can acknowledge that. Um, but what do you take from this? What do you learn from, from this? Uh, I mean, apparently you can only kick your, your company in the face so many times and eventually they get sick of you too, just like the rest of the audience.